This is the Variety Sports Network created for the fans, by the fans. Now to your host of tonight's show. And welcome to another episode here of the Double Double Podcast. I got Doug with me here again with another week. I'm your host, Darren Breyer. We got a lot to get into. Got a little West Coast uh, bias a little early to start here, but we got some things I want to break down as well. We'll get into a look, look back at 2020, some fun Halliburton what-ifs. A lot of things going on in the NBA right now. Heat's starting to get on fire a little bit as well out there. They've won seven in a row, so we'll get into that a little bit as well. We'll give you a little NBA history to wrap it, of course, here. But, Doug, how are we doing here this week? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, feels good to get back with you again. I know uh, we were busy last night, so still glad we can get on, uh, talk some basketball. Needed a little, uh, you know, a little uh, give out, get all this basketball out of the, you know, talk talk it out and get, you know, kind of decompress from the week of basketball. And there's a lot to get into. And this is like the part of the year where, like, I'm as I started getting to the beginning of the year, you're, you're starting to looking at the rookies a little bit. You're kind of looking at scenarios because, you, you know, we're starting to get a lot of games in now. We're starting to get a, a feel for some of the teams. But again, we do have to remember it's still really early and you can't overhype still some of the teams if they get off to a six and three start or stuff like that. But one of the things I kind of wanted to get into right away, I thought to me, is the whole thing with Fox and Sabonis. I mean, mm-hmm. I, when I feel like we kind of they got off to that slow start. We kind of we never really not necessarily mentioned the Fox injury, but we did kind of just kind of brush over it. I felt like right. it was part of the reason they maybe got off to a sluggish start a little bit as well. And the guy, obviously, he did miss the five games, but he's leading the league in scoring right now at 32 points a game. So bonus is, like, on fire the last five games, one player of the week. His game versus Oklahoma City, what he ended up with, 17, 13, and 13. Yeah, <laughs> you, talk about, you talk about a hell of a game there. So he's playing, like, at an MVP kind of conversation level, top 10 conversation, like, in on the ballot at least, getting third place. Like, that's where he's playing at right now. So, it, and then you combine those together with the coaching and the – the the change of culture Mike Brown has officially been able to make there with good picks like uh, that the guy the guy from last year from Iowa and you know you bring in then Monk who's been solid with them as a back as a as a back partner and her from Atlanta has yep. really come on for them as well Barnes to me is that still that piece they can upgrade moving forward but that Fox a bonus thing it makes them really dangerous I mean like my my Warriors got the best of them last year but they just at this point I think they have too many scores we wouldn't have that and. They're they're looking pretty dangerous, man. Yeah, uh, the Kings are really well constructed. That's one thing that you can give a lot of credit to their front office. Uh, they've got depth at literally every position, and when they bring in uh, Malik Monk, they bring in uh, you know depending on the night, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, Davion yeah. Mitchell, who's a bulldog. You know, it all depends on you know who's starting. But when you can bring in guys that have shown. Um, you know they can play big minutes for you after that. You know, obviously they had a they had a hell of a series against your Warriors last um, season. Oh, seven games! I think it was brutal. Yeah, I mean, you know, oh, we've got just, the best of them twice this year so far. <laughs> that's true, but you know, with, with Fox missing time, I think that plays a big factor. Oh, yeah. um, but Sabonis has held it together. I mean, yeah, he's missed five games and they're still seven and four. So, and he's. Doug, he's averaging 19.8, 12.9, 7.3 assists. That's where he's at right now. My guys here from three, the Hardaway Savage, you're out there. Congrats on your baby boy as well last awesome. week. Welcome to that. That life had some funny pictures there. Yes, it does. Changing <laughs> diapers does change the scenario a little bit. But yeah, the boy, so that does change the world a little bit there. But congratulations, sir, there. 
uh, like me and Doug said, we got to get you guys on here uh, one of these times here uh, to talk a little basketball. So, yeah, kid, uh, Kings have been scoring lights out if they figure out how to play interior defense. It's scary. And that's the thing with Sabonis is, like, in ter- come the playoffs, can Sabonis hit those elbow jumpers like he is right now and those little – you know, but w- right now he's absolutely on fire. Like I said, again, 20 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists. That's pretty uh, pretty crazy. It's incredible. Just running on right now. No, he's um, on fire. We talked about duos last week. That's why I was, thought it was funny. Like, we yeah. kind of br- – we didn't, like, brush them off. We're like, oh, they were there. But, I mean, right now they're playing, like, right up there with Embiid and Maxi, like, right there in that same conversation. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I think we did we did kind of undersell them last week, but I think that was partially due to the injury and partially due to we just hadn't had a lot of them together this season. But now that we're getting to see it, yeah, it's it's really really incredible. We should have we should have definitely gave them some more credit. Um, you mentioned Sabonis and the elbow shots, that free throw line extended type yeah. shot. Yeah, that you know as he's you know what, I, I want to see him. You know, I understand. I want to see him take those shots. You got to, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're not going to make every single one, no. but it really hurt them in that Warrior series that he wasn't willing to take those shots. And well, that, he did have the, didn't he have the wrist? Like, was it the left? Was that right wrist? Maybe he had that. No, wrist. He, he got stomped on in the chest. No, he got stomped on the chest. I think it was his chest. Okay, well, you know, that, that you don't, very good. I do. You don't usually have to play through a stomp on the <laughs> chest, and I know, and it was really hard for him to probably play through that after such a the lung just, surgery. Yeah, after that, I mean, surgery but like I said, you know, he's got to be willing to take that shot. He's got a nice stroke. He's got that left-handed look, yeah. and he's, he's got to take those and knock them down. And that's you know, come playoff time, that's the shot they're going to give you. You got to bang and pay for it. I'm not yeah. really worried about Sacramento in the regular season at this point. I need they're they're like one of those teams that you have to see. You're not. Out. You think they're automatically no, top five? I think they're. I think they're top eight for sure. Well, top eight, I know, but I mean, they got top. Oh, they, you, the, they got top four. I mean, they got to take another jump. If they get eight seed. That's not really like a right. It's not really like groundbreaking at this point. Okay, so I think. Game. I mean, can they get top three? That's what they should be aiming for. I mean, that puts you with Denver. That puts you with Dallas in that mix. I don't see why they couldn't make. Yeah, that no, no, you're right. You're right. They they should be. Man, that's a load. Did you see? Hey, Doug, just real quick, I got, I got it. Fox's last five games. Here's his numbers, real quick. He had 39, 37, 28, 48, 43. So he's absolutely on fire. Oh my he's, god, his two. He's different. That he's shooting a lot better from three too. At the point, he's like a little bit under like forty five percent. I saw or something like that. So he's on fire from three as well. Which he, if he, he already gets to the hoop better than anybody else. Lefties, as mm-hmm. you know, are even harder to guard when they're quick. I don't know. There's something about them getting to the hoop is a little different than uh, than anybody else when they can handle the ball and then have that step back. I always feel like that gets harder. That advantage, that little lefty advantage. But, yeah, it helps um, in the lefty. Yeah, especially with those type of skill sets. So, I mean, that duo is right up there with it. And so, do you think that top three is possible with that Denver? That you know, like I said, with them, oh, the Warriors. Well, you can go there in Dream World, but now, but you get my point. Uh, and then we end up with Minnesota, Oklahoma City, and they sit five right now. I mean, it's still early in, but that's kind of the group they're with. The West is the West is really tough. I mean, looking at their looking at the Pacific Division alone is is tough. I mean, you guys, you've got you guys, you've got um, the Suns, you've got the Lakers, you've got. I mean, you've got Sacramento won it last year, though. I know, I know, but that's also because I felt like you guys were coasting. So, I think they should be a top five seed. Top three, I think, is going to be tough this year. I think the West is a little bit better in general. So I'm thinking if they can get a top five seed, 
but that that's what I mean is if they can get a top they five got three seed, last year. So that and they right. played the Warriors at six. And so. I do, but the reason I'm saying top five, I do think the West as a whole has improved. The Rockets yeah. we'll mention later are better. There's yeah. just OKC's looking to take a big jump. I mean, there's just there's Minnesota looks really good. They weren't yeah. this good last year. No. Um you know, the Sun, the Suns, we haven't even got to see them really all together yet. Man, he looked uh, unreal last night, Durant. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Tyler Tyler sent me the video of the KD three at the at the top of the key to close out the game. I don't know what that asshole felt like that was necessary for. <laughs> He's still feeling high off that marriage, Doug. He feels like he can get away with murder right now. He feels like <laughs> you know, it's just you know, when you're when you're when your team's known for attacking other people and being generally unlikable besides your point guard, I just feel like that entitles you to something. I'm talking about the picture behind <laughs> the you. background right now. Should we, just... go, should we go to that right now? Yes, Ray go to that. Let's suspended. talk about it right now. Let's get it out of there. It's his third suspension in three months. Uh, okay, the one thing I've always said this about Draymond, like if there's certain games where you where where he's locked in, like I, to me his favorite game was game six in Boston to close out the finals. Like mm-hmm. when he's on complete control and his emotion are the same, like he's just – the way he plays is like anybody else. But he's just way looser with it. Like I always said, he reminded me of 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 Draymond or of Rodman, not because of the rebounding, but they have like that same sort of like mentality. And as Rodman got older, he got more out of control with some of his stuff. Like he did, like when he got moved on. And Draymond's at a real loose point. Like he held on to the guy for four, you know six seconds. He should have been suspended five games. Rudy Gobert did more. He did more than his little explanation. That was ridiculous. Uh, Rudy's oh, kind of a he's kind of a tough one to kind of like hear once in a while with it. But I still stand by. The whole play thing, I don't understand why he got ejected of that that of that game. It makes no sense. That video, you could show me that. I watched it a thousand times. Like even the other guy, like I said, maybe he should be ejected. But even that, so I'm not like convinced on. And there's mm-hmm. no way on the world that's an ejection for Clay. If you think, I don't think he would have. I think Draymond comes in there and takes it over the top. But the NBA not messing around this time. Joe yeah. Dumars. It's funny. Joe Dumars is the guy that lays down the. He should yeah, say Joe Dumars. <laughs> he should be like, I'm sorry for everything we did as bad boys. I'm sorry. Yeah, but. Uh, he ended up. They ended up giving him five games for it. I mean, NBA at war with Draymond a little here. No, he's at war with the NBA gotcha. because he. All right, we preseason we started with the, a, a punch in the dick that was completely unnecessary. It just, that, was, that was Brooks, I thought. Oh, I thought. What, no, what was Draymond's was other two suspensions? No, Draymond got ejected the other night, though. He got ejected the night before that. For oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He got it. So that was part of it. And I like thought, I said, yeah, versus the Kings last year in the playoffs, missed game five. I, I'm getting so, my tough guys mixed up. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's all right. No, same I level. Just, okay, so um, if you don't, if you didn't like Rudy's explanation, that's fine. Uh, me and Tyler broke it down frame by frame on Twitter. If you want to, if you want to, <laughs> no, look at we that. don't need to relive that. Uh, but <laughs> also, I don't think what what Gobert did to Clay was like the end of the world either. Like I know he, I know he grabbed him up here. I got he got him a little high. But it wasn't like he came over with a clothesline. It wasn't like he was pushing him down or anything. And then Draymond just he just he just his his level of force was so much higher than anybody else's. It just seemed over the top. Um, like you said with Clay and um, Jade McDaniel's, uh, if you wanted to double tee them up, sure. Yeah. I don't think they should have been tossed. The jersey pulling was a little bit. Over you really thought Clay of, should have been tossed in that situation? No, I, that's what I'm saying is I don't think either guy should have been tossed. If anybody should have been tossed, it, was, it should have been Jaden. He was more of the aggressor in their little confrontation. I just, I don't, I don't think, 
Is Draymond nuts now? I, I'm trying. I see. Am I am I being irrational? This guy. Like I've always thought of him as like controlling it. The NBA feels like now, anytime he does this again, it's going to be ten games, right? Yeah. Like, but, you know what I mean? Like he's, there's a good chance, and he's never going to turn it off. But you just can't. Keep, he's a, such a he's a repeat offender Eight. to such a high degree. Okay, question for you. Question for you. Yeah. Does, does this does this ever get far enough that you're ready to move on from Draymond? We decided that we just no, I know, but you as a you as a Warriors fan, does this ever get it is starting to get a little bit more worrisome now? Like I've always felt like he's like he's always been out of control of it, but the NBA I feel like now is like and the way he kind of goes about explaining like how I don't really feel like he always humbles himself with some of his explanations a lot. Yeah. Kind of like yeah, I just I some and Curry went out and agreed with it. He said it was way over the top. Obviously, <laughs> sure. so his own head coach said it cost his team five games. I, I I think there is a point where the team moves on if he's still at the if let's say let's just say he gets another one like this, this where he, like it's an yeah like let's say where he gets over the top especially in the playoffs I wouldn't be surprised if they move on I you know what I mean like I really wouldn't if I wouldn't be surprised if they moved on I've said that before but like it is starting to get more excessive to where you're running a risk that every time that you have a confrontation you might lose one of your key players for a stretch. Okay or in a key game. And you can't have that like that. You know, that brings stress to your life. Yeah, for sure. Eventually. Uh, and so, follow up question then. Is he still good enough on the court to look over some of these antics then? Because it, if not you're not ready, to, if you're not ready to like move that. on, if you're not ready to move on from him yet, does that mean he's still good enough on the court to keep him around? I, I think a lot of teams would have moved on from him, Doug, from this point. I think a lot of teams would have said, Hey, he's yeah. Gone. I mean, if you don't but, win his, if you don't win four championships with the guy, I think it's over. And on a more important part, the Warriors are only six. They're six and seven right now. They're not playing very well. Curry's been out. They're not right. necess- They're not getting anything from uh, a second score. Clay's been awful. Wiggins has been awful. So man, this stretch they had Wiggins, man. He was yeah, so he was so good until obviously he had his issues last year. It's almost uh, like it took everything out of him. I know, but he man, I was I was thinking like we need him. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, he was so good last. You know. <laughs> The playoff before the playoff, you guys won the title. He was easily your guys' best, second best player. I mean, he was great. He looks like a classic, just not confident player right now. Like, kind of going through the motions out there. There's no real edge to him at all. It doesn't feel like it. it I don't know. Even when they crawl up a nice play for him, he's not knocking it down. Do you think you know, need to can't... trade him to Cleveland? Is that probably the answer? <laughs> for a Coro, we'll take a yeah. <laughs> another another guy we'll talk about later. <laughs> we'll talk about him in a second. So, anyways, that's kind of my Warriors spiel a little bit. This awful you. Jordan Poole, I guess, played it. He's not helping. He's helping me. He's, he's taking Tyler's argument a little better. Jordan he's Poole. been worse than Chris. Chris Paul's been good, but like again, they don't have a big and they don't have that second score. That was the one thing Poole did provide yeah. at moments was like, okay, he could get twenty in. Yeah, the Warriors. They, I mean, they at times they like their highest scores get like thirteen right now. I think it's like Kaminga or Thompson. So that's uh, not good. Um, Jordan so Poole's my... averaging fifteen and a half on thirty nine percent from the floor, twenty eight from three. Jesus, Christ, that guy is struggling. It's awful right now, and he's doing absolutely. And the defense has been struggling too. Then he gets ejected. He's just been real off with it. Kaminga, yeah. like I said, you can't have those guys be your high end scores right now. Right. If it is Clay, Clay better get much more going right now. But I don't. I think he. I don't know. It's sad. sad. I think he one more. One more question, then we'll move on from the Warriors. Yeah. Would you? Would you be? Would you be upset throwing away one season and rebuilding right? Right now. Yes, I would. I would be very okay. upset. Okay. I mean, no, I'm saying to... you, you, you keep you keep the Steph, and then you you move on yep. from Draymond and Clay. You'd be upset. Yeah, I would be very upset. Okay, if I did that. all right. I just want to make sure. 
And that kind of transitions to my next point maybe a little bit is because I think part of the reason that one year thing pissed me off and you kind of look back at it right now and I kind of want to get into my what ifs a little bit with this guy because that kind of gets into it is my, I was thinking about this with Mr. Halliburton a little bit. Like, so you look back at that 2020 draft, right? And the way now you get a few years ahead, how that pick could have changed the, some of the NBA, you know, just franchise what ifs a little bit with that pick. So he ends up, falling all the way to 12 to Sacramento. Edwards, obviously, number one is fine, but the Warriors right away, like we said, number two, you, they have him along with Curry and Thompson. We're looking at a different team. I get all that, but mm-hmm. just can change whatever. The what if for him alone playing with a guy like Curry would have been very interesting sure. to see with Thompson to hurt at that point. Then you look at the Bulls who drafted Patrick Williams, and then they could have had him and – uh, Lori Marketing, you're telling me that once have been a com- a good combination to right. have at that point as well. So you have that lookout for it. And then you have your your calves. A coro mm-hmm. could have gone there. Atlanta went next. They they end up drafting the guy out of USC. So you have two guys right there that would have, you know, that he could have made a big impact for. I did went back, I did a little research on it. I thought it funny that it says that he, and he admitted to it, Halliburton is he told the Hawks and the Cavs not to draft him. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to play there because of Young being obviously in Atlanta. He wouldn't get maybe the minutes he thought and the Cavs having uh, your guy Garland and Sexton at the time. So he didn't yeah. want to necessarily get back. Darn it. I always say this, just draft the guy. They can't stop you from I know. it. Just, just draft him and see what happens. So you look at that for your Cavs. I mean, you're looking at your little head for, of schedule. You have him yeah. and, and uh, Garland or something like that along with you end up getting Mitchell. You're, you know, you're looking a little bit more in the driver's seat there for, from the Cavs perspective. So – I mean, okay. that's, those are a few early what ifs. I got a couple others here. What's your thought on the first five? Based, kind of for six. Based months? on the first five, is is any is everybody but Edwards getting replaced by Halliburton for you? Like every team but but Minnesota. Absolutely. Okay, so you don't, you know, Lamelo Ball, Lamelo Ball, you're, Over you're yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I'm saying everybody. Yeah, so you're you would you would take Halliburton over everybody but yeah. Edwards, correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you on that. I just wanted to make sure. There wasn't anybody that snuck in there that we might have changed our minds on. No, because Patrick will. I mean, Ball's the only one that I think has the argument. You maybe could still say that, but I would. I just I feel like yeah. I think. I mean, you could if you feel like you want a different style. I guess with it, Killian Hayes goes next. Detroit obviously has been searching oh, for somebody there. So you know that that's what that's a. I don't know if that would have been the best spot for him though. So I'm kind of glad he ended yeah. it. I think he would have got a lot of minutes and stuff like that, but. I don't know. We, it would have been interesting to see Detroit really wasn't in a good spot at all. They were just making pick after. I pick mean, the Knicks. The Knicks should have took in Halliburton. Yeah, the they Knicks, took your boy Obi had a date which, in there. You know, it's worked out for Obi to get to the Pacers, but and with Halliburton, it's all worked out. But yeah, you know, Carlisle. the Knicks. The Knicks could have packed or gotten Halliburton and Randall together. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not a Randall guy, but that instantly makes that offense better. You know, his passing and everything. Um, did you hear on Dallas and they offered on draft night they wanted to try they wanted to trade up uh to get him was they or they offered uh Brunson, Josh Green, and Tyrell Terry to get Halliburton. So good decision that that would have been interesting of Brunson for Halliburton trade there from the, the Dallas. So that was kind of a funny look back it was, when I saw that that was offered. Dallas is Carlisle now is coaching him though. In yeah, Indiana. no, they offered all, that trade to Dallas. Question for you is so yeah. And the Suns. That's the other okay. Thing. So if you look down here, we've got we've got some really some steals here in the twenties. Maxi yes. goes twenty one. That would have been a fantastic pick for anybody in the top ten besides Minnesota. Uh, quickly, one of the best six men in the league, um, Jade McDaniel's. 
um, obviously a, a, a good two-way threat. Um, and then Desmond Bain. <laughs> okay, so so would you take Jaden McDaniels on the Warriors right now, though? Yes. Yes, yes you would. Course. But de And then Desmond Bain at 30. The Celtics traded him to the Grizzlies. Could you imagine that guy on the Celtics with that with those that guys? Been a big one. Um, can I get just real quick on Halliburton? Then we can move on. Is the Suns at ten there? They could that year they would have, they would have had Paul Booker. Yeah, they could have had like that would have been a good fit with yeah. him like coming in at that time. So for me, he's always one of the bigger what ifs. If because he dropped all the way to ten and they take the guy uh, Smith uh, from Maryland, and, yeah, yeah, and it's just like uh you know that that turned out to be a bust. And it, you know those are the killers when you do that. So another was, pacer, another yeah. pacer. Is anybody on this like, list not a pacer? <laughs> and then he ends up in Sacramento, gets traded over the Pacers, who initially wanted him as well. Carlisle wanted him in a trade. He ends up there, and now he's absolutely on fire, tearing up the tournament stats right here. I got him here for you. Fourteen assists a game. He kind of reminds me of the Andre Miller just without the scoring. Like remember there was those stats where Andre was starting to get like 13, 14 assists a game uh, yeah. for the Cavs. So to me, a fun what if was looking back at Halliburton and just what he, how that would have changed some of these teams, like the Warriors, like just having him with Curry and them, like what a difference that would have made. So, and then, like you said, overall with that draft, just a lot of, a lot of the early picks, just no good. Yeah, no, it's, I, I mean, I would say Patrick Williams is, is, is fine. Okoro is a solid defensive piece. Okongwu yeah, but... still hasn't broken into the starting lineup three and a half years later. Killian Hayes is black. Uh, Obi's Obi's a solid energy guy. Advia's a solid rotational piece. Xavier Tillman, a senior, no, not do. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he was a great second round pick. I mean, he's not bad. you know, they got a few. You know, the Nick rest, Richard. Yeah, there's some really solid not a second draft. round picks. It's not a deep draft, though. I don't think. Not at all. Not, not at all. all. I'd say it's pretty. I bet me and you could do like this, and we, there'd be a overall be like ten that we'd really maybe want overall, and then we get really weak. Cole Anthony, yeah, yeah. Is, is either, uh, <laughs> vassal, but like I, when we fight over, he was the game changer. Over, yeah. He's fighting over. It was a weird fighting over, uh, fighting over Theo Maladon. Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. we're in trouble. I really, but yes, him. I mean, yeah, he's the second best player in the draft, and <laughs> Theo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he's the second best player in the draft, and he got took twelfth. It's it's incredible. Well, hey, what do you think about um, what are you thinking about right now? With uh, I feel like I've been hearing like there's two teams that have been kind of on my mind: the Pistons and the Rockets a little bit because I felt coming into the year they were they were kind of on the same like there's these young teams supposed to kind of take a little bit of a jump this year. Made some off season a few off season additions, and I just feel like they're kind of headed in completely different directions right now. Yes. And the only thing to know, you know, this, the Pistons, I know that I really like Thompson. I mean, the guy is a beast. Yes. Like, he really, he's very, I think he's very talented. Stud for him. I just don't trust that Pistons franchise at this point to go no, with no. Cunningham. And I feel like he has still injury prones that I'm worried about too and mm -hmm. consistency there. I like Duran a little bit, but like, is it meshing? I don't know. They only have two wins still at the point. I like Williams to kind of, mm -hmm. as a young coach, to mentor. But I mean, the the record speaks for itself. And then you have the, Rockets on the other side that, you know, after those first two games where they look absolutely pathetic, they make a little bit of a jump. The one thing I want to note with the Ro the Rockets with uh, Yudoka taking over as well is they did play – they did a 19 straight days at in Houston. They had a six-game road trip where they were there mm -hmm. for almost three weeks. So you get 19 practices without – or like days of like possibly practicing and not traveling. And the NBA, that's a huge luxury as well. So they go 6-0 and on that homestand. So they lose you last night to the Clippers as I, as Harden gets a little hot at the end there. But 
I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of like these are two franchises that are just headed in possibly two different uh, directions. I thought Ivy would be better as well. Gary I Smith, you're tuning in as well. That's a great point. And like it doesn't fit. And you, we just talked about Killian Hayes. They took a lot of guards there for a while. That's a great point about yeah, Ivy. Yeah, but now they're loaded at center, so they kind of gone the other way. Like yeah. They don't have a good. They don't have a good enough wing guy. They need a good wing score to pair with Cade, because Bay's not going to get it. I think it's just too much pressure on yeah. Cade to make everything happen. And Jaden Ivey didn't turn into that second score that I feel like they really thought he could be. Yeah. I mean, he's he's asked for a trade already. So you know, we're 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 in that territory. You to me, the big difference in these two franchises. You said at the beginning of the year you thought they were similar. To me, the big difference is the Rockets went out and got two veterans who can play basketball. We may not like Dylan Brooks, but he does positives on the floor every night. His shot might not be falling, but he's going to work his ass off on defense. They got Monty Morris. They got Monty Morris and Alec Burks. (laughs) And then Fred Van Fleet is a really solid point guard. I mean, those are two rotational pieces that you throw in with young, talented players like Sengun, and, and it shows. I think that's the difference is two vet, two good veterans. And, and that's a good point there. And uh, like I said, Brooks to me, like I said, he's, he's brought a different like energy to their team. Van Vliet obviously brings the consistent scoring that you possibly have, like I said, but it doesn't hurt that 19 straight games, uh, 19 straight sure. games. Well, that, that's a flex with it. But they are playing better. One little thing with the Pistons too, they will probably get a little bit better here when Bogdanovich comes back. He's obviously at least a you know, like you, that's maybe that veteran piece. You're talking about. I don't think he's a leader, though. I don't think no, but that's the difference. Yeah, like he's like one of those players where, like, when he's feeling good, he'll get he'll get them with some a few more wins in the regular season. They'll right. bring a little bit of a veteran presence, but he's not the leader of a team like that. They need like guys. I do think Thompson could be. I mean, that guy plays potentially, hard. but potentially, but he plays hard though. That's something where, like, if you're watching him and he has any skill, I'm like, he needs Cunningham to be carry the load. But to me, he's like a center stuck in a small forward's body. Still plays the way hard. he played, with the way he plays, but that's what I mean is he's not a wing scorer, and that's what I'm missing from this. No, team. he doesn't. He can't. I mean, Cade, Cade has Cade's played all 13 games, 36 minutes a game. He's averaging 21, seven assists, but the, he's almost averaging five turnovers. He's trying to do too much, and that's the problem when you don't have another consistent. I mean, your your next point guard is Killian Hayes. And I'd rather not have you know Killian Hayes be my secondary ball handler. I just, I mean, and also I think I would assume they're going to try to get rid of Bogdanovich before the year's out, right? Oh, I would think so. I mean, because there's that's a draft pick coming back to you probably. And I wouldn't be an Isaiah Stewart Durant like Durant like that. I don't like having both of them. They're like they're very similar. Yeah, and then you have Thompson who can't shoot. So and then you have Killian Hayes. So they and then Ivy's like I said, he hasn't been able to pick it up at all. So right. they need – and then Wiseman's getting no minutes and playing very well. With that. He's not the only thing Bogdanovich will give him the shooting, obviously. Floor spacing. No That's yeah, good. For, it'll help Kate a lot to have that floor spacer in Bogdanovich. Appreciate I just don't think – I don't think – I think the Rockets' strategy helps more this season. Yeah. Because, look, I, 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 just, I just think Dylan Brooks, for all the hate he brings on himself, is a good basketball player. Is he great? No. And Fred Van Fleet – played on championship contenders, he can tell Jalen Green when he's messing up and doing too much. That's what yeah. helps. And then Jabari Smith, you go tell him, and these, these guys are that you respect. I don't think Detroit went out and got any guys that are like that in the league right now. And look at Sengun. That guy is a freak of nature right now. Dude, I know so I know, I know. know it helps playing at home like you, met, you said, and that gives you more confidence. Yeah, but that guy still 
playing his ass off right now. And I, I think he'd give you better than Sabonis. Wow. Um, okay. So do you do you remember Pokemon? Well, <laughs> I got to be honest. I only know Pokemon because my son in fifth grade loves it now. Okay. <laughs> well, unfortunately, unfortunately, you won't get this reference though. But there's uh, like the Pokemon Evolve. So yeah. there's like a starter. Sengun's the starter. Sabonis is the second level. And then Jokic is the third level. They're like all little versions of each other. Like it's it's very it's a good reference if you understood it. Ah. Well, I get you. I get you. I, I he definitely definitely has to get better a little on defense too. But man, his offense is. Well, yeah. I mean, young young guys, it just takes time. His his offense sure. is his natural passing ability is scary as a big what, man. What's up with foreign big men just boom 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 behind the back? Like it's just crazy how well they see the floor. I love it. Um and and, yeah, those, yeah. and I love uh, uh, Tyler tuned in here. I love the high post offense. You give me a guy that can throw like you give me the high the high post offense. I have a big fan. Do of that. you want to talk <laughs> about AAU basketball ruining our big men? No, no, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that at all. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know if you wanted to break into that conversation no, right now. Good. I think we're good on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, the the other thing too, I was thinking with the I was watching a little bit of the Lakers the other night, where it's the Blazers. LeBron has the big night. Austin yeah. Reed's kind of so maybe a little overhyped training in the offseason. What do you think, Doug? I mean, I know he's going to get like have his moments, but he did he struggle, struggle a little bit, start getting it going now yes. a little bit here. Uh, LeBron's been doing LeBron things. Uh, Lakers kind of do their thing. Like I said, Clippers get their win last night. How are we feeling about the LA teams? Um, I feel better about the Lakers right now. Um, like you said, Austin Reeves hasn't been as good as he was last year. Hurt. Struggling with his shots a little bit. No injuries. Um, they're getting they're getting Jared they're getting Jared <laughs> Vanderbilt back here probably in a couple games. That'll help their defense. I think they're in a better spot because I think the Clippers. There's just so much Six ball. Like everybody needs everybody needs the ball. The, Russell Westbrook makes a he's making a, a publicity statement because he's going to the bench. Like I just don't need it. That's too much for me. Hard, Harden, man, that step back three and one to close out the game last night was yeah. was pretty special. But in my mind, I'm like, he's bricking this. He's not hitting this. And in playoff time, he's definitely not hitting it. And then play- he, he might not even shoot it in playoff time. It'll be interesting how they how they evolve as the year goes on, and just like what happens with them. I I just see that's a tough fit with them with mm-hmm. the with the clip with the with them. But they're obviously good players, so they'll probably make. Will win like they did last night, but yeah. I'm just curious because at the moment they're gonna have to figure out the end of the game where like Leonard and George have to have the ball. You would think most of the time, so I would just be curious how that plays out with those teams. With it, um, yeah, appreciate everybody tuning in so far. We got a guy three the hard way over there, Savage. Those guys, great. They always do a great job with it. My guy Tyler McGurk tuning in here. Gary Smith tuning in with some comments. I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys. doing that as well. Got some retweets as well out there. Appreciate my guys Jordan Maxson out there. Out of your Falcon mind, like I already mentioned, Brian Jones out there. I do some pods with him uh, with Terrell from Realism Sports. Uh, check him out on Friday night. And, uh, Brian, are your Chiefs. Big Monday night game against the Eagles. Did, uh, we'll see how they Brian, do in there. Did, so appreciate you guys Brian, doing their stuff. Did Brian from the 49ers podcast have the shortest retirement in podcast history? He retired. Uh, he was he was back. He was back the next week. Who's the guy? Who was the guy that retired and came back? There was somebody that did that. Like, I'm retired. Shortest retirement in podcast history. That guy was back, ready to go next week. I feel like there's somebody that did that. I forget about the guy. Looked that up. Yeah, retired. He came back. He, it was emotional. Uh, yeah, and then we got Wembley and uh, Wemby and Chat. Chat played this week. You, you talk about centers evolving, right? 
Yeah. You talk about like that. They, it kind of makes you feel like they, they kind of look like your old seventy centers, the skinny ones. You know, out there, yeah. tall. They have are you eventually put on. I, I am always worried that they're going to get hurt out there. They're so big. I'm always like worried. So, you know, it's just part of the game. I know. But it is. Every play, I'm like, look out, your knees. Yeah. But yeah. those are going to be some good matchups. That was a good battle this week. The we got physical as well. Chet mm-hmm. took a hard foul. Yes, he did. Um, I gotta say, man, anytime you can catch those two playing basketball, you got to watch them. Chet, Chet, he just does so much positives for your team, and it doesn't always look like it's not always scoring. He's yeah. he's he's changing shots. He's doing a little bit of everything. Um, what are your thoughts on on Chet? Because I think he kind of got lost in the mix when Wemby came in, but he's been really good um, for OKC. I I, I think you, we've, it was easy to forget about him last year. But I, I mean, obviously here I got to see him a lot at Gonzaga, and like they were always on national TV that year. He was on, and he, they had a long run. I always liked him because of his defense. He had, I mean, he had real defensive awareness, and he had offensive awareness. Like he realized where he like didn't he wasn't so stiff where he just needed to be a pick and pop center kind of you know what I mean he was way more agile had a way better feel for the game. Um, I think he's, I think him and Wemby they're gonna have some great battles. Like they're they're gonna have some real battles together. Like this is like one of those things where you look at the NBA down the line and like I hope they kind I hope they don't just I hope they don't stay friends or something like that. You know I hope there's some I hope there's some animosity. I think the playoff play. series is what we need. We need some playoff series between the two. But man, they're just so similar and they're kind of body built in the way. Like, mm-hmm. so it'd just be kind of fun to see them match up against each other. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I, um, you know, Chet's averaging, he's third on the team in scoring, 15 and a half, eight rebounds, two and a half, two blocks. I mean, just a what little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Okay, so I don't think that anybody, I don't think the Spurs would trade Victor for anybody in the NBA. Like, I don't think any team could come up with a package. That would be good enough, except for maybe somebody on the th- except for the Thunder. Like the Thunder would, if they offered like Chet, Chet, uh, Giddy, and Dort, maybe or no, and it'd have to be or SGA. Like I mean, like an actual package where the Spurs would be like, yes, we'll take that for it. You know, because most of the time they're going to say, oh no. well. So that's I mean, if you, if you I give up, yeah. I don't I mean, think any roster. I don't think anybody anybody else in the NBA has anybody that they would accept, except for the Thunder, possibly if they traded those like four guys or something like that. With like yeah, Williams even involved, but I don't even know if they would do that. I don't know because passing up on SGA though would be like I guess are you I guess as a franchise and like as like in terms of dollars and stuff, I think you'd probably keep Wemby, but to win, I, maybe I would. <laughs> yeah. I don't what know. T- but like, what the Thunder? Like, yeah, we'll trade all those four guys. Yeah, it wouldn't happen, but like video game, like, like I'll give all those four, like. Could you imagine? Like, but I don't think any other team. Like, I don't even think they would do it for Fox and Sabonis. Like, I don't think they're trading. Wow. Victor. You know what I mean? Like, they're like they're not doing that. Like, so I just feel like it'd be. It's kind of a funny little. It what is if. interesting. That's a funny little what if. If you did that, like, what teams could actually? What team could actually make an offer that he, they would legitimately do for Victor? Jokic for Wimby? Would you do it? Yeah, Jokic. Right? I mean, no. straight. No. Would you do it straight up? No. No. I mean, that's 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 got to be as close as you get individually as Joker for Wim- Luca for Wimby. Yeah. That might be. I don't think so either. I probably would though. <laughs> no, no, Victor. We'll throw in Kyrie. No, <laughs> you can have Grant Williams and Luca, and that's it. <laughs> uh, I love the fake trade. That's my favorite part. Um, so that was kind of fun. I noticed that this week. Maxi drops fifty after he raved about wow. him. He drafts you know, like the next. I thought that was funny. We had just talked about him, and then the next night he goes out and drops fifty right on cue. Thanks, buddy, for watching the podcast. Appreciate it. 
Uh, too bad we didn't do our bet over at Bet Analytics Studio here. He probably yeah. we had to make a bet on that for fifty. We would have won a lot of money with that one. For so sure. uh, that would have been great if we had that. So I, I noticed that this week as well. Jordan Poole, I mentioned him a little bit earlier. He's been just awful for the Wizards like recently. Almost like he had the weird huddle thing. He seems a little. He just seems a little mentally lost at this point. Like, do you know how like there's players in their careers where they go, they kind of start out hot and then they go in like they're kind of on kind of like a little Nick Young feel. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like right. he kind of looks like, oh, this guy might be not bad for and then like he goes kind of just a little off the rails a little bit, not in terms of like totally off, but he doesn't understand the basketball concepts of what their teams are trying to do. That isn't really the best teammate at times. And then maybe they pick it up a little bit later in their career, but he does feel like he's on a weird trajectory right now. So I don't know. He does. He's, he's uh, he, yeah. I don't love. I just I don't know. That's why I always told you guys. Wild. That's why I always told you guys. I don't like. I just don't love his game. His game just is not for me. Well, the Warriors could use those twenty points at probably. I'll say that they could use those twenty points at moments, but uh, that's a whole different story. I was thinking, what team would actually like? Could actually use, like use him. I, it's got to be a mature team. I'd feel like where he could come on and just like possibly give you ten points right off the bench. So be curious what happens with him. Uh, but he makes so much money right now. Uh, you know, we'll see where that could possibly fit in. And like you said, there's starting to be a lot of questions with him there with it. So those uh, one else. Heat, like I mentioned, they're on a seven game win streak. The Celtics continue to play best really team in basketball. Well. Yep, best ten and two right now. So and then you mentioned the Timberwolves. Timberwolves are on fire. They beat the Warriors twice this week. They look like they're kind of on the real do. They did lose the other night, but yeah, uh, you know that happens. And then we had Beal go. Beal's out for the Suns for three weeks. Kind of just a shame there. And then uh, Smart's out for three to five weeks for the already struggling Grizzlies. A, a few other injuries as well, but those are the two kind of main ones that stood out for, from a few days ago. So uh, you know the Beal injury. Let's start there real quick. I mean, obviously they have Durant, they have Booker, they should be fine, but I know it's just one of those weird kind of frustrating as a ba- basketball fan. I like to see those three play together. Yeah, I think I think it it is frustrating, but team, you know, teams with veteran guys who are superstars, these are the kind of teams that can 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 they can handle these kind of injuries and you don't need to rush it to get back. Just kind of, you know, play the waiting game, make sure he's 100% and then we'll get to see them in more meaningful games down the line and I think that's what's important. But yeah. You know, let's not rush Beal back. Let's get him healthy, and then we can really see what the Suns are come you know All Star break ish type time. I just worry uh, about a Brooklyn thing. I'm just going to say that it's going. You know, like when you get the three together and like they're never healthy. Like I worry about that a little bit. It is it is a concern, but even if that Beal doesn't get healthy, I still have a lot of confidence in Durant and Booker being one of the better duos in the league. I mean, I just Devin Booker's playing basketball at such a level right now. Um, it's just very impressive. I, I think he's averaging. Um, I think he doesn't. Comp- he doesn't. Um, he doesn't uh, can, uh, qualify for the stats, but he's. I think he's averaging almost ten assists a game. Like he's playing really, really good basketball. Oh, he's been awesome. And he's you know distributing the ball at a high level. I'm I'm confident in those two guys until Beal gets back, but I do yeah. think this. I do think they need Beal to win the title. Well, and you know they need that. They need, we'll see what even happens with those three from the defensive, but the the offensive scoring potential is just right. unreal. Especially when you have somebody like Durant going like he was last night. So we have him out. Bang goes down for the Grizzlies. Ah, that's already awesome. two and nine. And uh, smart. They lost Bane and Smart, right? But they're not Bane. I don't mean. I didn't or mean smart. Bane. I meant Smart. Sorry. Okay. Smart. Smart goes down for three to five weeks with the 
a wrist injury. So he's out. So are you ready? So I think my pick is absolutely gone at that point, maybe for the five seed. Are you ready to walk back the five seed? I think I'm ready to to walk back the five seed now officially at that point with it. So, uh, yeah, so I think that's that's where we're at with it. Those are the kind of notes, like I said, he again gets the seven-game win streak with it. Um, I thought kind of a fun thing to kind of wrap – like I always – maybe we'll do it here to kind of wrap up the show here, kind of Mm -hmm. like keep it as our tradition here on Double Doubles. I always like to look at – some of the NBA history with it on this date. So we look at November 18th. We did talk a little bit about this draft. I thought it was kind of funny that the draft was held today because yep. of that virtual draft. So today was held. Uh, Anthony Edwards was the first pick. We talked about Halliburton a lot of this pick, being 220. But uh, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of a funny thing. Yeah. Okay. So that year that he got drafted number one in the Maui Invitational Tournament, Dayton absolutely locked him up. He was – having nightmares of the Dayton Flyers. I that that, yeah. He was, they were, I mean, it's just, it, I always remember that. Cause I was like, this guy's going to go number one. So on that note, what's your favorite feat? Like as you, the kids, so you're a big college basketball person. What's your favorite, um, like kind of feast week tournament. I like to say, like, is there one that you used to watch a lot or you continue to watch like no matter what, or, Oh, I mean, I, I watch a little bit of all of them, but I mean, Maui's is got there the one most, that sticks out. Like Ma- Maui's got the most prestige. So it's Maui. I mean, you, and Dayton's going back there next year. So I and we won it when in two thousand two when we beat UConn That's and a fun one, yeah. somebody else um, on the way there. Um, and then a couple a, a couple years ago in the preseason in one of the early tournaments we beat um, Kansas when they went went on to win the title. So I mean it's just you know it's a Maui for you. I yeah, like I think it's Maui. I think it's Maui. I, I miss I miss the Anchorage Classic. Yeah, is that Alaska? The 90s. Yeah, the Alaska. So, yeah, in the 90s. That was what I was going to say because uh, obviously I'm, uh, I'm a little bit younger than you. Is like we had the Thanksgiving uh, dinner. Me and my brother head upstairs, put the game on. And that's like when you had like Duke out there with Trajan Lake yes. who went, out, went to Alaska. Yes. You had to, it was kind of a fun like big tournament. And for us, like I said, out here on the West Coast, like last night, I got the lost. I got to watch my my Xavier Musketeers now. That that's my the team I call them. That's what I call them now. My Xavier Musketeers. <laughs> just oh, kidding. That's man. my team. That's my. Now that Cal sucks, I got to. I'm Cal or Xavier. That's where I'm at. With it. He so, said, "My Xavier Musketeers." Oh, Ouch. <laughs> oh, I said that just for you. Uh, so I did that with it, but it's fun because my son's kind of randomly into Xavier now because that, that's his name. So it's kind of fun. He likes to watch the games. Like I never would have thought I would have known who. Jalen McKnight is on number. So that, you know, they get those type of things. So uh, it's kind of fun to do that. So that's what I like about the feast week and like the, the tournaments uh, get like random start times. Uh, you kind of get a mix, you get some great matchups. So uh, your Dayton Flyers three and one. So we'll see if they can keep it going. So I thought that was a, that's a fun one. So this Dayton history, virtual draft, uh, that draft was messed up from the beginning. (laughs) And then um, Popovich gets into the seventh all time. With his lot 2016 with a win passes Larry Brown. Doug, can you name he's number one now, right? On the coaching list with the most coaches, uh wins of all time. Do you know who is number two? Red Arbach. Red Arbach no. is not number two. He is, I think he's number 12. Yes, number 12. Oh, he's only 12. Jeez. He's number well, number two. I'll give you a clue. He no. did coach the Warriors. It's not. Oh, it's um uh he coached the is it uh no it's not it's not Mike Montgomery. No, it's Nelson, right? Is it Nelson? <laughs> Nelson. Uh, 
It is Don Nelson. Yeah. Okay, I was like, I, I could see his face. I could see the the gray, the glowy hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mavericks. I, I always liked him as a coach. I always liked him when he was – I always liked him as a coach. So. On TMC with the Warriors, yep, always played Good. fast pace. Yeah, he was number two on the list. Uh, Doc Rivers in the top ten I was when I was looking yeah. up. He got, he's in the top ten there. With, he's number nine on it. Uh, number three, Letty Wilkins. Four, Jerry Sloan. Five, Pat Riley. That's your top five there. Coaching list. So back in this 2016, Popovich gets into the passes Larry Brown. Since who, um, who coached this guy in the background at one point there? So he had uh, Allen Iverson there. So it's so, uh, practice. Uh, I just I couldn't do it. Practice, baby. Yeah, practice. Uh, question: Since you brought yeah. up uh, Run TMC, um, how good was Mitch Richmond? He was good. I, I mean, mean, I I know him. I know him for different reasons, but like, how good? Like, it, where would you rank him as a shooting guard at his time in the league? Michael Jordan, for what it's worth, said he was the hardest guy for he was for him to go against and guard at times. So he said that was that was pretty high praise for somebody that would say that for him. I mean, did, is that because like his bounce and his ability to score or, or to shoot and stuff? I think he was strong, stronger yeah. than most players. Like actually, like physically stronger than most players, and he could mm -hmm. shoot. That was a big thing for him, but he was uh, back then. They back then they uh, they would post him up on ISOs a little bit more, and so he would he would be able to post up most of those guards when they had Mullen and Hardaway. And then when he went yeah. to the Kings, um, you know, he just like I said, like he's uh, he was so big and strong, and right. he was so consistent getting to the hoop. That's why he's a Hall of Famer, top seventy-five all time. Yeah, I mean he's and fantastic. So, yeah, so that's why he's there on that list. Yeah, he's I. I would. I, he never was like got to that. It felt like that Clyde Drexler level, but I felt like this because he was en ended up on like the Kings. Like the Warriors made a bad trade early up, and the Kings were never good in those years. Yeah. And then he went to the Wizards, and you know they weren't out like so. I, he never really got to play with a lot of good players as well. They did make the playoffs one time with the Kings, but uh, it's fun watching their old their old tapes. They're, they were pretty. I um, on the Nintendo sixty four Kobe Bryant courtside. I always used Mitch Richmond because he he was. He could shoot and dunk, so I always remember like just that's like was my introduction to him. Yeah. So I just so you're you saying probably top four or five shooting guard in the league in his prime? Yeah, easily. So behind probably MJ and Clyde and yeah, you know whoever. If you want to, you know, split hairs, go into yeah. I'd have to kind of really think about who was on that list as well at that time, uh, shooting guard wise. Yeah, obviously you had him. You had I guess you probably Wilkins was out of his out of his prime at that. I would point. say he was out of his yeah. prime then. Yeah, so you had him probably gone there then. Then you had probably who else did you have at that time? Probably Rockets. They didn't really have anybody. Lakers. They didn't have. They had Eddie Jones at that point. Yeah. Suns. They had you know Marley then. So I, I'd say maybe he was probably right in that list, right up there with mm -hmm. those guys. You had Starks on that list maybe too. I don't know. That was there with it. So uh, yeah, I would say he probably was right up there with there. He just never was never really had a complete team in Sacramento. So I'd say Mitch yeah. was right there with it. But uh, yeah. I, that's a good show this week, Doug. We had a lot to get into. The standings with it was pretty good. We had, uh, like I said, we'll, as we'll continue to move through. We're almost at Christmas time where people say the season really starts. Mm -hmm. I do miss the Thanksgiving games. Yeah, I do me miss too. those Thanksgiving games. Random shout-out. Remember I told you those Thanksgiving memories, I always say it. Jamal yeah. Timsley, he broke the assist record on Thanksgiving. I remember watching that. We were like – it was like a random thing because the Pacers would always play at Thanksgiving. And yeah. I don't even know – I think – I want to say it was against Michael Jordan's Wizards. I want to wow. say that too. They beat back then. And Jamal Tinsley, Jalen Rose, Reggie Miller, all those guys, he ends up breaking the assist record on Thanksgiving. So funny the things you remember. Uh, so that, that was one of them. So, uh, yeah, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there as well, right? Yes, you know, of you course. Traveling, you just stay home for Thanksgiving. Uh, family is all probably within 30 minutes, so we'll all be right, right so around right. the area. Uh, yeah, what about you? 
Yeah, staying with staying here. We we usually go to my mom, my mom and dad's. We'll have some family there. Yeah. They eat well. Get some cheesy mashed potatoes. I always I told that to I told that to my kids uh, that I, I teach the the younger students. They're like, yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, you're in hell of a show. Sorry for derailing us a couple times there down these rabbit holes. But I just had to decompress all my thoughts that have come. There is no such thing as no rabbit hole. We can find any rabbit hole we want to get into <laughs> in NBA. There's so many we can get into. I know. That's like I said, that's, I, that's why I'm asking. You know, we go into a Mitch Richmond hole and uh, our viewership drops to zero. You know, so <laughs> damn you, Mitch Richmond. Damn you, Mitch. I, see, no, that's, that was, that's a Mitch Richmond fault right there. That's that was not us. Anything with that? We got to blame Mitch. He doesn't bring yeah. the excitement that we need with it. He does. He does. He did do the the Warriors uh, post game, the pre game as well. So. He does that, but yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that was fun. We had a lot to get into. Like I said, I think the Halliburton thing was fun. We talked to Andre on there. We talked a little bit with the duos. Got to shout out our guys at Three the Hardaway again. Tuning in uh, with that. Like we said, we got to get. We, we'll get start getting some more guests on here. As, uh, we kind of maybe get through the holiday seasons. People are busy and stuff, but we'll have a few. We'll, I'll be able to have them. I appreciate our guy Gary Smith tuning in here as well. Tyler McGurk tuning in as well, uh, ch chiming in on his Pistons, getting back from his two week honeymoon. Let's get Tyler on here soon. We gotta, we gotta get, get this Tyler. out. We gotta get this out on the. We gotta get all of our all of our different takes. We gotta battle it out. Yeah, I think you guys have a lot of different thoughts. So I think we, we, we disagree probably once a day. We disagree <laughs> once a day for sure. So we gotta get you guys together on a lot of these topics and a lot of fun topics. That's the thing with the exactly. NBA. Like you can talk about like the Pistons and then like where are these teams are at with stuff and then you know that that's kind of where it's at with it. So appreciate those guys tuning in with it. Uh, anybody, like I said, that retweeted your stuff, uh, except I got Jordan uh, out of your Falcon mind, Brian, all those guys with it. I just appreciate you guys doing that and uh, supporting it far into your, uh, uh, far into your bench, uh, mm -hmm. bench podcast. Appreciate you guys doing that as well. And of course, everybody at variety sports network, uh, putting out good content. We'll probably be doing talking the gridiron again tomorrow. So we'll be doing a little football talk, uh, tomorrow Gosh. night with that. So a lot going on with the NFL as well. So we we're we'll be doing that, but I really enjoy the NBA part of it. There's the, yeah. there's an NBA part that I look forward to it week to week. There's always something, always some sort of drama uh, to break down here. How how defeated are Jimmy and Jordan tomorrow on Talking Gridiron? Got to be a little tough, a little tough there with Joseph Burrow going down there. <laughs> bring, a little, a little, a little salt bring some bring some fluff questions because those guys are going to need help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> fluff it up for him tomorrow. Jamar Chase is really good. He's like, you know, he's really good. He's what a receiver. What a receiver. <laughs> I heard that Higgins is doing pretty good in the community fund. So that was good. I started talking about that stuff. <laughs> they're really lot. good people. They're really just, they're nice they're so guys. <laughs> they're so nice. Uh, the Raiders on our two game winning streak. No, they play the <laughs> Dolphins tomorrow. I, got, I, I should keep my mouth shut. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Uh, but yeah, so good show here, Doug. We'll be back right. with it next week as well, probably day after Thanksgiving. So for Doug Stevens, I'm Darren Breyer. We're Variety Sports Network. Double, double show. We'll see you next week. Peace. Hey, this is Brandon, CEO of the Variety Sports Network. Thank you again for watching tonight's show. Best way you can support us is by hitting that subscribe button, that like button, and hitting the notification so you don't miss out on the next show right here on the Variety Sports Network.